Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Welcome inside the championship edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Happy to have you along. I'm Greg Steiner. I'm Alex Jewell. What a weekend it was. If you like sporting events, we had everything and the kitchen sink you could throw at it. And more importantly, Eastern Michigan finds their way to bring home MAC title number 152 on the men's indoor track side, the number that continues to lead the Mid-American Conference, as well as we find another team that inches themselves closer to maybe bring Bringing home number 153 is women's basketball as they're headed to downtown Cleveland to take on a team yet to be decided in the upcoming MAC tournament that begins on the 10th. So we're getting ever closer to that, Alex. But what a weekend it was for Eastern Michigan all the way around. Yeah, I mean, it's ironic, Greg. Just last week, the men's cross country team got to go to the Student Athlete Performance Center and change out the coveted large plaque on that 12 foot tall MAC championship trophy. They put number one. 151 up last week. And then less than a week later, they're in Mount Pleasant for the Mac Indoor Track and Field Championships. And it's largely that same group, the distance group that led a come from behind charge to get over the hump and beat Akron in the in the Mac championship and bring home that uh that gold medal for Eastern Michigan. Head coach Sue Parks, Mac coach of the year again. Here's a fun fact for you, Greg. And <laughs> we've been going down the wormhole thinking about this, but Sue Parks now has two championships leading the men's program, the men's cross country championship this fall, as well as the Mac indoor track and field championship. And she's won two Mac coach of the year awards on the men's side, too. That's two for two this year for her. So she's just absolutely dominating. You know, we talked about her shift over from just leading the women's program to taking over as uh, the head of both programs. And it has been seamless, as you can imagine, 16 championships now in indoor track and field for on the men's side of things. So just another opportunity for them to, to showcase their talents. And Greg, another chance now for a triple crown that'll come up later in the spring. And you mentioned it as well. On the hardwood, it's women's basketball that guaranteed their spot a trip to Cleveland next week for a chance to win the championship. And that is oh so sweet for Fred Castro and company because, as we know, last year they were ready for a semifinal appearance in that championship and got sent home due to this pandemic that's still lingering on. But hopefully this year, with all the protocols in place, we'll be able to get through safe and healthy and crown a champion at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in just over a week. We're almost uh, one year to the day since the sports world was turned up on its ear uh, with COVID canceled. And that was uh, hard to imagine that just a year ago, everything was getting shut down. But on a brighter note, so many good things happening. We saw the men's basketball team cruise to a senior day victory. They sent their senior class out in style. Women's basketball does their best to send their seniors out in fine fashion. They have a nice celebration after their game was canceled. And then we also have uh, baseball. 
baseball coming away with a two-game sweep of the Hornets of Alabama State as they found a way to get things done there in Montgomery. We'll talk with head coach Eric Roof about his team's 2-0 start. A long time coming since we last saw the Eagles start off a year 2-0 and more impressively, solid pitching being the name of it because we've seen so much of offenses having to carry instead pitching and defense. Yeah, I mean, we've got to go back to the days where Greg Steiner was still rocking that longer hair when he was a, a little bit younger to go back to some of the stats that baseball put up this week. 2-0 and start for the first time since 2005, Greg. And then on opening day, they relinquished just one run. That's the best opening day start for Eastern Michigan since 2002. So a really impressive start. And we're going to get into much more detail with head coach Eric Roof. But you said it, the pitching was just unbelievable. And a guy like Davis Feldman, who we've talked about on this show, before who has really not pitched consistently since 2017 has battled through so much and comes out and gets the opening day win so a really good feel-good story to start the year and Greg you mentioned that we're not only going to talk to Eric Roof but we're also going to talk to representatives from all the sports we just talked about today first up on the show is Baldwin Magison from EMU track and field he's a distance runner that took home the crown in both the 3,000 meter and the mile run two huge events for helping the team capture the overall title and then I sat down with Fred Castro as well to talk about what it means to him that his team has punched his their ticket into Cleveland. And Craig, as you can imagine, any coach would say, he said, let's not put the cart before the horse here. We still have regular season games to finish up this week. Yeah, you mentioned the women will be in DeKalb on Wednesday night before they return to Toledo to take on Trisha Cullop and the Rockets to close out the regular year on Saturday. Men's basketball will be on the road Tuesday night in Muncie to take on Ball State before They then trek to Western Michigan on Saturday. We see volleyball back at home this weekend. They welcome in Toledo on Friday and Saturday. And baseball back on the road. They're at Bellarmine, the moving up the charts, Division I program out of Louisville, Kentucky. And that doesn't even take into consideration, Alex. You got rowing getting started. They're down in Tuscaloosa uh, to face Alabama to get things going. Swimming and diving there at Ohio as we also see tennis taking on Oakland. And then who can forget women's soccer gets it all going on Thursday as well as they host the rival from Mount Pleasant, the Chippewas. And then we wrap it all up with something like a little quad action at the Convo on Sunday. It is gymnastics senior day for them. Air Force, Bowling Green, and Iowa State come a-calling. And I know Katie Minnesota is happy and ready to kind of show them the finer comforts of Ypsilanti. Well, Greg, what you just went through illustrates exactly what we're going to go through the whole spring, right? Every episode we have, we're going to talk about how much we have going on in any given week. And the same is true this week. And that reminds us to let you know that you can stay connected with us on emueagles.com, all of our team's social media pages, as well as the Eastern Michigan app. Just go to anywhere you can get your app and download it. You can stay up to date on all things from EMU Athletics. And Greg, real quick, you forgot to mention that Wednesday is even more special special because fans this week get to hear your voice twice because you'll be joining Tom Helmer on the call on WEMU 89.1 FM at 7 p.m. Central Time for that game against Northern Illinois for women's basketball. So a big show in store today. Right after this break, you'll hear from Baldwin Magison of EMU Track and Field, and then we'll get to Fred Castro and Eric Roof. So stick with us, and we'll talk to you next week on the Eastern Insider. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. 
Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. As we've said so many times, a championship weekend for track and field as they headed up to Mount Pleasant this past weekend to participate in the MAC Indoor Track and Field Championships. And it's almost like every year we expect this, but another gold medal for the team. They come out and put up 184 points on the weekend to edge Akron. And we're so happy now to be joined by someone who played a pivotal role in that. It's Vinnie Magnuson a junior from Iceland, and not only did he take home a couple of titles himself, but he was a huge part of that team win. And Vinny, first and foremost, your first appearance with us, so I just want to welcome you to the show and congratulate you on, a, on an amazing championship weekend. Yeah, Master, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Vinny, tell me a little bit about what's it like? Does it ever get old kind of having that team success and being able to celebrate alongside your teammates? No, there's no greater feeling than winning, especially winning as a team and um, doing it both in cross-country this season and in indoor track as well. It's a great feeling just knowing that we're dominating the Mac at the minute and hopefully do it all again. Well, for you, certainly a fantastic weekend. Let's start with your first distance run, which was the 3,000 meter run. Not only did you win that race, you did it in a meet record. It's eight minutes and eight seconds, which is unbelievable. Tell me a little bit about just how you've been able to work uh, since you've gotten here to become such a successful distance runner. I always think of the 3,000 meters in indoor as like my main event. I feel like the miles, like maybe a slight bit too fast for me, but the 5K is maybe a bit too, I feel like it's a longer race, but the 3K just seems to be like my sweet spot. So that's like, I think of that race as like my bread and butter. And every time I step in line on the 3K, I just think there's no way I'm going to be uh, losing in this one because it's my race. Uh, but I have to say a massive um, shout out to our coach, Mark Rinka, for he's, the way he's developed us this season has really got us just to another level. Yeah. And you see the same success over on the mile side of things. I'm interested to know, you know, when you have to change events so quickly and get into the next event, what's take us through, because a lot of our listeners may not have ever ran track. I'm certainly someone that never has. If you see me in person, you'll, you'll know why I'm uh, about six times your size, but for, for somebody that does distance running and then has to switch between events, how are you able to, to kind of get your body prepared to be doing that? Because we talked to basketball players and they're playing the same game every game, or we talked to baseball players and it's the same routine. But for you, there's different strategy to the different events. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So after, like immediately after the race, because like uh, at the weekend, I did the mile at, mile was at quarter past 11. Then I had the 3K at one o'clock. So it was like a hour and a half difference. And so immediately after the race, the first thing you got to think about is like, just keep moving. So you do like a little like 10 minute, uh, just super easy, super slow, like little jog. And then I just sat down for like 20, 30 minutes. And then it's time to start warming up again for the 3K with a 15 minute warm up and then some drills and yeah, ready to go again. And certainly a skill to be able to prepare both physically and mentally to to make that jump and and to do it so quick. We talked a little bit earlier about the success of, of this program and, and you've obviously been a big part of that, but what is it about your team and your teammates 
that makes you guys contenders every single time you go out to race for a championship? Because we've seen it in the past where, you know, there's teams that have great athletes and, and have the ability to win, but just don't kind of take that next stride when it matters most. But you guys seem to do that in almost every opportunity you get. What makes your team so special and, and gives you the ability to uh, really go out in there com- and compete for championships every time you're on the on the track? Yeah, it's definitely definitely drilled into it, especially from our coaches, that we have like a winning tradition. Like we've been at the top of the mark for, well, always like, towards off of the mark for years and EMU is a school that we like, we like to win the mark and if we don't win the mark we are like that's disappointing so every race we go into like alright we're going to win this there's like no nothing else that you nothing else is like an option and there's no option that like comes second we we, have, we put big emphasis on um, tradition we've got a big tradition in the program so we try to keep that going one thing that was not different this year is Eastern Michigan performing well in a MAC championship we're joined of course alongside Vinny Magnuson from the track and field side of things they just captured their 16th indoor championship last weekend in Mount Pleasant and Vinny was a huge part of that Vinny one thing that was different though this year is COVID protocols in place it's been a long Long road to be able to participate and get there. You finally get to, to go to the MAC championships, but one thing that of course is different is not a lot, a lot of spectators. No spectators really outside of the teams in the in the stands. And so finding that own energy amongst your teammates is something that uh, is certainly a challenge for everybody. But you guys, of course, did such a good job of it. How does it work in terms of how important was it to have your teammates there and and to kind of play that role of not only you there running, but when you're not running to play the role of a, of a cheerleader for your teammates to kind of get them ready to go and right in the right mental space for their races. Yeah. So the Mac meet was a bit weird because uh, Central, they've got like a tear field right next to their indoor track. And so nobody was allowed on the indoor track except those that were racing. So everyone was in the tear field and just watching the uh, race on a projector. And it was actually really kind of, it was awesome, but kind of like weird because like when you went into the call room before you race, everyone was like, all right, good luck, good luck, smash it, smash it. And then when you're on the track, you obviously know that like you're on the projector and everyone in there is watching and so you just like you have to do it kind of yourself like during the race but then as soon as you finish the race and go back into the turf room like you just get to see everyone everyone's like yeah good job like good atmosphere in there so that like that's definitely like on your mind but you have to like keep it in your mind let's talk about your coach a little bit too because it's impressive not only the team championships but the leader of your program sue parks has now done it so many times on the women's side of things has taken over both programs now and just racks up another coach of the year award it seems like every time there's an award to give out to a coach it goes to sue parks and i know you have have not been with her specifically for too long but what's it been like being able to to run under a leader like sue uh i, I really like how much it means to sue like i can really feel like when the team does well that just it feels like you're making like sue like so happy it makes it, it just makes it so important for her and then the fact that she also um pointed um coach rink i was an amazing um, recruitment and we could not be happier. Yeah. And I mean, before, before this year, I mean, did you know the history of, of Sue and, and her dad coaching here as well and how successful he was? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We were well aware of that. Yeah. That's certainly a, a special, special uh, relationship that they've been able to, to coach at the same place and enjoy so much success. Baldwin, before we get you out of here, just want to know um, a little bit more about you. Tell us uh, about your background and, and how you got to Eastern because you're not from this area originally. And so how does someone from a different area and different country end up coming here to to run track? Yeah, I've got actually got a, quite a 
interesting one because I, I was I'm Icelandic by like birth and I was born there lived there for the first five years of my life then I moved to England and I lived there until I came here obviously uh, and I was just running there and there was a Icelandic guy on the team uh, he graduated in 2018 so the year before I came here and he told uh, John Goodridge, our old coach, about me. And then September, like I think less than a month later, I just got straight here. It's kind of a weird recruiting experience. <laughs> yeah, that is certainly uh, one of the most interesting ones I've heard. Now that you've been here, though, uh, what has what has been being here and being a part of Eastern been like for you? And and maybe what are some of your favorite parts about getting to run track with such a historic program? Uh, being part of the team is fantastic. Just living with like, the guys every day, training with them every Every day and then being with some top quality coaching treatment from Julia, just top quality. Yeah, it's a perfect environment to be able to really be able to run fast. So you've got the cross country championship locked down. You now have the Mac indoor track and field championship handled. So that begs the question. I know that uh, it's something that's happened here a couple of times before. The triple crown is in your sights. Is that something that you guys as a team think about, talk about? Are you thinking about it? Or is it just business as usual, one day at a time, focusing on the task ahead? Uh, the triple crown is definitely on our it was on our mind like at the start of every season we know that we have to uh, win cross country to keep it going and we have to win indoor track to keep it going and finish our track and I know that as the uh, distance boys we, we're just getting started so we plan on being much better outdoors than we have been indoors. Keep it going. Well, Vinny, we look forward to seeing what you guys are able to do the rest of this season. Of course, as we transition to outdoor track and field as well, we can't be uh, more happy for you and what you were able to do this past weekend and what you guys were able to do as a team. Sweet. Thank you. That's Vinny Magnuson of the men's track and field program. His team went out and won their 16th indoor Mac track and field championship last weekend in Mount Pleasant. This is the Eastern Insider Podcast. Stay with us because it's a packed show. We have head baseball coach Eric Roof coming up and we also have head women's basketball coach Fred Castro to talk about his team's birth into the Mid-American Conference Championships. More on the show right after this. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Well, it's hard to believe because just a few months ago, it seemed like we were talking about even trying to get through this season. Well, now we almost have, and the Mid-American Conference Tournament is fast approaching, and we're joined now by fifth-year head women's basketball coach Fred Castro. And coach, when you think about it just like that, the season has almost come and gone. I know it's not over. There's a lot of work left to do, but just your thoughts on where we are at this point and how happy you are that we're sitting here having a discussion about playing basketball right now. Yeah, it's, you know, quite the accomplishment is um, just a little bit under a year ago that our season got canceled and, you know, we didn't know what uh, the future held in terms of, you know, whether we would get to play this year or not. This year has uh, provided its own uh, struggles. You know, it, it's exciting that we're here. We got two games left in regular season and uh, we we have the opportunity and we've earned the right to compete in Cleveland for the conference championship. Well, that's just it. You know, it's interesting because if you want a 
illustration of how different this year is from everywhere else. You guys had a game postponed on Saturday, and that was enough to secure your bid into the Mid-American Conference Tournament. Of course, you and I have had some backdoor conversations about how we think it was safe to put us in a little while ago, but now you've officially got the nod. Your team will be going to Cleveland. That championship takes place uh, starting next Wednesday through Saturday, the 10th through 13th. But before we get to that, Coach, we'll talk a little bit about this past Saturday, because for those of our fans and listeners that were watching Watching along from home, they see all these senior day celebrations start to go out on social media. It's game day, but then all of a sudden, at about two o'clock, it's not game day anymore. The game gets postponed, and that's just the nature of this season, isn't it? Yeah, you know, going into the year, we talked about a lot about being able to adjust on the fly, um, being able to um, just plan as much as you could, but then you're going to have to make some decisions last minute. And, uh, you know, uh, I was incredibly disappointed our seniors didn't get to have, let's say, the traditional senior night. Uh, but in true fashion, they responded in a, in a great way. We had a great senior night. The parents were still here. Uh, we got to honor the seniors um, in a positive way. And all in all, it was a great experience. Maybe one of the best senior nights we've had here, um, even without a game. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a special group and we we're still playing basketball. So, uh, there's still plenty of opportunities for us to go out there and compete and make even more, uh, memories. And for those that don't know, so many of the families for the four student athletes and the, and the two student managers that were graduating as part of the senior day celebrations, they were already in town. So with no game, your staff came together very quickly and put together a nice ceremony for them. And it was, I think you, you just touched on it, maybe one of the best ones you've ever seen. For me, I watched from a top and it was hard to fight back tears just seeing so much emotion. It was almost in part almost better because of how intimate it was. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it was just a different situation. There were no limits with times and things of that nature. Um, you know, the videos that got produced by, by yourself and your staff um, and uh, Trey and, and, and Rhonda's organization uh, really made it seamless and and there is no question as, you know, as you're I'm sitting, I'm standing uh, with the Aries and Yannis and, and, you know, as they're watching the video, I can see the I can see and feel the emotion running through them. And and, uh, you know, this has been uh, four years goes by really fast. And, uh, you know, it, many oftentimes it's not till you actually start watching those videos that it really hits them that it's senior night <laughs> and uh, and and time is really coming uh, to an end in terms of their basketball career uh, for most of them. And some of them are going to continue to play. But, you know, the four years that passed here uh, gets culminated in those videos uh so i was i was really happy about how it all worked out really happy to be able to honor the seniors and and the group that the the work that our support staff did uh to honor them was uh nothing short of phenomenal well and that uh, was emotional and fine and dandy but now the page is flipped we're back to work it's time to play basketball because although your team is guaranteed to go to cleveland next week i know that right now you, you sit in the seventh seed and that's a place that although you were doing well in the seventh seed last year if you have anything to say about it that's not where you're going to end up next week because you have two regular season games left this wednesday against northern illinois saturday against toledo and i know that winning those games taking care of business is at the top of your mind 
No question, you know, and, and, you know, not just for seeding, but it's really important that you're playing your best basketball this time of year going into the tournament. We know we're, we're going to Cleveland. Now we have to take full advantage of that opportunity and uh, we're going to be on the road, uh, which I think is perfect because you're going to Cleveland. So you're not playing at home. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we are in, um, you know, that tournament mindset already. Um, and, uh, it's something that I feel, uh, our team, we, we were at our best in that mode, if you will. So I'm excited, uh, to, to get on the road, play NIU, a very good NIU team that can really score it very well coached. Uh, Lisa does a phenomenal job there and, um, you know, we, we've got our work cut out. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of that, you mentioned how good NIU is. And if you've been following the standings at home, you know that teams have been jumping three, four, five spots literally in one weekend. Since we've started talking in the last couple of years, you've always said this conference is maybe the best mid-major conference there is. Everybody can play each other. Everybody can win. The unity is there. Is the jumping up and forth? Just last week, NIU is in the two spot. They're down in the eighth spot now. Is that type of jumping around, uh, you know, the, the exact point you've been making? Yeah, and, you know, the parity of the league. I mean, so many teams are one game away from moving up three spots or going down two spots. Um, you know, I don't – I think what's interesting about this year in particular is I don't know that there's going to necessarily be an upset. Sure, there'll be there, there'll be an upset from, let's say, a number seeding standpoint. But one through eight, all those teams are very capable of getting to the championship day and winning it. So uh, it, it it makes you know a lot of excitement for fans that are watching at home and, and of the few that get to attend. But um, you know, for us as competitors, you know, it's it's really a, a big carrot. You know, you're going to play a quality team every night, and you're going to have to put your best foot forward uh, to come out with a win. X's and O's very important, but maybe more important at this time of the year is your role as the CEO of your program and kind of overseeing the emotions, keeping everybody in the right spot as we head in to a search for a championship. You've been a part of championship teams. You've gone to a final four. You've seen it all. You've been around the block. Let me ask you two situations. The first one is your team's playing as hot as it can go into the MAC tournament. If that's the case and you guys get through this week and win the games that you expect to win, how do you keep that momentum going as you go into Cleveland? How do you keep the mindset right without getting it, uh, you know, maybe too over that high? Yeah, I think uh, there's a fine line to play there. I to be honest with you, I think a lot of it has to do with less is more. You know, uh, if you've, you've won two in a row and you're going into Cleveland playing good basketball, um, you, you really have to trust your team. You have to trust your seniors. You have to trust your leaders on the team. At this point of the year, you are who you are. Your team knows what they have to do in order uh, to be successful. Obviously, there's some, you know, details in terms of opponents and what's important. But for the most part, your team is your team. And and I, I told the team this the other day, I was like, uh, you know, we we are who we are. We just need to be the best version of who we are, and if we're the best version of who we are, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna be a dangerous team, and so it's just fine tuning it. The devil is really in the details, if you will, and uh, you know I think our team is really excited uh, about Cleveland, about playing at NIU, about going to Toledo. So, you know there there should be. I don't feel like uh, there 
there won't be any issues in terms of motivation, if you will. It's just about going out there, playing hard, executing and getting the job done. Well, and you've talked about how, how well your team has been able to respond mentally this year. So assuming uh, maybe if something doesn't go your way in one of these last two regular season games, is the messaging similar just because of the personnel you have? You know that this group doesn't need any extra motivation as they yeah, head into Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it, it all depends on the scenario and games. And, you know, there's there's a lot of variables there. Um, but all in all, you know, a big a big accomplishment is already having clinched the opportunity to go to Cleveland. Now it's, it's really, like I said, fine tuning, you know, it's like a, you, you get one of these fancy sports cars. It's about making sure, you know, the little things, the spark plugs, the good gas, you know, you got all the little things lined up, right. Just so that you're, you're really playing at your very best. Um, and right now that's kind of what we're working towards this week. Um, obviously the, the focus is to come out with two wins, but as we're doing that, we're really fine tuning uh, our game to be uh, successful in Cleveland. Well, let's talk about some of those points that need to be fine-tuned. Your, your team has been very good all year. One thing that has stood out is the defense. By far the best defense in the league. You give up the least amount of points. Opponents shoot the worst against you. Mm-hmm. Earlier this year, you told me, hey, we're an eight-cylinder engine. We're just running on about five right now. Right. What has to happen to get to eight by the time you get to Cleveland. Yeah, you, you've kind of seen it a little bit. You know, we played Toledo. We had four people in double figures, uh, one of those not being Ariana Combs. So, you know, out of our V8, we had a, a seven cylinders running. And, you know, I was really proud of having been off as long as we were due to COVID to come out and get a good win. And then, um, you know, against a, a, a Western Michigan team that's playing really good basketball right now, uh, we had two people in double figures. So, again, um, being more consistent with that, um, showing the film, this is when we are at our best. This is why we are at our best and them understanding it and executing it. Um I really think that you can, once we put it all together, which, you know, it, it's time, right? Um, but they know that and they've seen us at our best and they've seen us when we sputtered. Um, but the good thing is we've been in every game all year because of our defense. So we know that we can count on our defense, but uh, we need to help. Our, our defensive side of the ball with our offense, um, with getting to the rim, shooting timely shots, uh, being tough in transition, and uh, really imposing our will in the paint. Uh, those are things that we just have to do uh, for us to be clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, you know, I feel like the last couple of weeks as we've gotten closer and closer, I'm not even an athlete. And I'm just like amped up to get back to Cleveland because of the way it ended last year. We were standing there and just all of a sudden it's gone. How bad or how excited are you to know that next week around this time, we're going to be getting ready to head down there and compete for a championship? Yeah. And again, I think that's where you talk about uh, being able to control your emotions and, and, and not think too far ahead. I mean, uh, we were playing really good basketball last year. And we beat the two seed, but we won by one, right? Um, Being able to control those ebbs and flows and having your team not too high too early, um, really, I I think the key is building up to it um, is is really important. So uh, how we manage this this week, how we handle NIU and Toledo, 
Um, those are important things headed into Cleveland. Uh, but, you know, I know this is the biggest cliche in terms of one game at a time, but it is literally survive in advance one game at a time. That is not just coach talk. That is what allows you to compete for championships at this time of year. Um, because if you if you look ahead at all, you you will you will pay the price. So, you know, being in the moment is huge. Um, handling your responsibilities, um, whether it's practice, shoot around, game time, um, being in the moment is enormous for our for us to be successful. Well, Coach, we will certainly look forward to seeing your team down in Cleveland. But for now, we'll let you be in the moment because I know that is important. Coach Castro's team plays next on Wednesday night. You can hear the game on 89.1 WEMU. Tom Helmer will have the call. Greg Steiner will join him to give some analysis on the game. It's also on ESPN+. Plus. As, he, as Eastern Michigan winds down the regular season. They will be, though, in Cleveland next week, and we'll look forward to bringing you all of that content throughout the week and hopefully talking to Coach not only throughout the week, but as soon as his team earns a bid to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2012. Coach, thank you so much, and good luck as you go forward in the next week. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. That's head coach Fred Castro. On the other side of this break, we'll talk to Eric Roof. His baseball team is off to a 2-0 start for the first time since 2005. This is the Eastern Insider podcast and we'll be right back eastern michigan baseball back in full fashion and what a weekend it was is eric roof and company able to head south and bring home a pair of victories the eagles first 2-0 start since 2005, now joined by the head coach himself, who's off the bus, still feeling feeling it, but it always makes up for it after a winning weekend, and, and I know you have to be really excited about what you saw over the weekend against Alabama State. Yeah, I think our guys did a great job this weekend. You know, we were fired up just to be back on the baseball field. We haven't practiced outside as a team um, since October something like that. So just to be back playing baseball, you know, the COVID um, season last year, you know, missing out on all those games, it was, it was really fun for our guys to go out there and compete. You know, you could just see, I was talking to them before the game on, on Thursday and it was almost like Christmas the next day. You just, the guys were just excited. They were just fired up to be back out in the field. And then we had some really good weather and then uh, our guys really played well. One of the big changing points from this year to last year you opened up the year with uh, in 2020 with an offensive slugfest, putting up 16 in the first time out. Game two or game one this year, a little different. A pitcher's duel. Uh, I know that's kind of the more style that you would like to see this team in defense pitching. It, that's where you and AJ Actor want to see this team night in and night out. Yeah, absolutely. I think whenever your pitching staff can lead the way, that can always will keep you in games right? You're always one hit away from, you know, coming away with a victory. I think it's, it's a credit to our arms. It's a credit to coach Octor for doing a good job, having a good game plan coming into the weekend. And um, it kind of starts with Davis Feldman. Davis Feldman is our Friday night guy, even though we played on Saturday, he's our, he's our ace six year guy, a team captain. Um, he's been through the ringer a little bit. He's had some adversity. He's got some battle scars and um, he competed his tail off and um, you know, he set the tone and that's something that we talk about. Come out there and set the tone. 
And um, we, fi- we, we basically were able to uh, um, build off his fire that he had, the, the adrenaline that he had going out there. He uh, got us off to a good start and we just kept it rolling. Which we t- we've talked about these situations before, and I think two really good examples in your first two games of situations that you would have said your team needed desperately to improve on. And in game one, it's the situation where you have a lead and have to hold on to it, a tight lead, albeit. And, and you guys successfully did that, something that the last couple of years you've struggled with. And then in game two, you flip the script where post sixth inning, you have a deficit and have to come back. And you guys were successful in that approach too. So talk a little bit about those two styles of games and just how impressed you are to see your guys responding so early. Because again, we've talked so many times and I know that those were two specific situations that you definitely wanted to see improvement in. And it looks like early on the team's mental space and ability to to kind of stay at an even keel and just get the job done is is right on on track for being successful. No doubt. I like how you kind of started that off with flip the screen. You know, we had the script D. So flip the script and say, hey, this is a new year. It's a brand new year ready to roll. And um, something that we talked about, you know, when you play a one run game, you know, the margin for error is so, so slim. And um, something else that we talked about is having two out, not two out RBIs, two out runs. And that's what we got in game one. Um, Gabe Denton, Gabe Denton came off the bench. Drake Peggs got hit in the hand. Gabe Denton came off the bench, gets a big hit with two outs. And that really crushes the other team's spirit when you can score two outs. Same thing goes defensively. If you can hold those those runners in scoring position with two outs defensively, it's a lot. It's a, just a huge boost for your team. So um, to be able to play in those tight games, it, it it gives you again some some experience right there, where guys are able to fight through some stuff and some adversity and be able to come away with uh, the victory. So it's good to see it on on the game one on Saturday, and then again on Sunday. Sunday we got out to the lead, then they tied it up, then they took the lead, then coming back later in the game. So that just shows you that perseverance of just being relentless. Just keep coming, keep coming every single inning. Well, and you talk about uh, the margin for error being none, and you guys did not commit an error the entire weekend. Two games, no miscues on the defensive side of the ball. So I know that's got to be exciting for you. And you mentioned earlier the pitching, and that's something I wanted to get into because from an outside perspective, the pitching was fantastic all weekend long. Every pitcher you threw out there, faced adversity at some point, but really rebounded nicely. Feldman, of course, went five in his first start of the year and opening day. Following him was McGuire, who came out and I thought did a really nice job. And then, of course, in game two, you see a a fairly decent outing from Mice and then uh, just an incredible start from Cam Wagner to to come into that game, get his first win of his college career. And he was so uh, poised and consistent on the mound, Didn't uh, didn't toss any walks, which I know is a big point of emphasis for you. Not rare to see a pitcher or two do well in opening weekend, but we don't maybe have not seen all of the pitchers contribute really nicely like that. I mean, you've just got to be ecstatic about the defensive side of the ball. No doubt. No doubt. The pitching and defense allows you to stay in some games. And if you look at it, we played 18 innings. I think we had three walks on the pitching mound. Um, so that right there with the no errors, again, was another thing we talk about is eliminating the freebies, you know, winning the freebie war. And we won the freebie war, which again, just free nineties. So in baseball, you know, it'd be the equivalent in tennis, the, the unforced errors. So as a credit to those guys, I think you're seeing a very mature pitching staff. I think you're seeing a mature pitching staff that um, has had some experience, has some, some innings underneath their belt. And I've seen your, I think you're seeing a guy like Cam Wagner starting to make some huge jumps. And it's fun to see because we knew he was in there. 
And now you're seeing them go out there and compete at a, a high level. You mentioned the the freebies. And if you look at what you're offensively able to do, 11 walks, you take four hit by pitches and able to, to stretch those out and, and threaten a little bit more and put that pressure on the opposition. If you look back and, and say uh, to your offense, what were, what else would you say maybe to start helping them a little bit more because their plate presence seems to be there. Sometimes again, baseball gods don't always fall in your favor. Mark Tula had a, a heck of a week offensively, but offensively, People say, okay, you didn't put up the full amount of runs, you would say. But uh, again, it, it's a building process too. No doubt. No doubt. I think anytime you come away with a win, you're happy, right? You can build off it. But then the competitor, the coach inside of you, you can always look for ways to improve. I think offensively, we've shown signs of getting guys on base, right? Getting guys on base to try to score some runs. I think the next step will just be being able to cash in when we have those opportunities. You know, being able to, like I said, you get first and third one out, we got to find a way to score that run. Um, early on in the season, the the timing's always the toughest. You know, you're still working on your timing. We're a northern team that's been inside the whole time. That's no excuse. That's just a reality. So it, it takes a while for your hitters to get get their timing. So at the plate, I thought we got a little bit big. You know, as a night game, there's there's a little bit bigger atmosphere of the night game. It's our first game in almost a year. Being back on there, we had Mark Catula, who's a, a freshman. We had Gabe Denton in there, who's a, a JUCO transfer. So you have some excitement. And offensively, when you have some excitement like that, your heart beats just a little bit faster than normal, and you kind of get yourself out of your game plan. So it's something we talked about all week and something we'll continue to make some adjustments. Being able to slow our heart rate down, be able to slow our mind down a little bit, and be a little bit more relaxed at the plate. I think at times we got a little bit too big. But again, I'd rather them get a little bit too big than um, not be ready to go. So we can work on those adjustments. That's going to work out over time, which is more reps and get more, more games underneath us. And that's why it was so important to get these games in um, for us in the second week. Well, it was, it was nice to see that even in some of the veteran roles that would you would normally be looking to to kind of lead that offense, and, and some of those guys struggled a little bit out of the gate, they still found ways to contribute. You know, one play that sticks out to me is Jeff Timko able to get over the third, Nick Jones on first base, and those two played a nice little base running cat and mouse that worked out to perfection. Nick took that extended lead, got the uh, pitcher to bite on trying to pick him off, and it allowed Timko to score. Just little plays like that where even if a guy like Jeff or Nick is not, you know, totally raking the ball in a series. Those are critical, critical plays. And then you mix in some of the younger guys and newcomers. And that's the kind of mix that you've been looking for, it seems like. And, and you've got to like kind of the the way they've meshed together through, uh, albeit only two games, but, you know, 2-0 is, is much better than 0-2. So I'm, I'm sure that that's uh, exciting. No doubt. No doubt. I think when you're looking at an offense, you want to be an offense that can find different ways to score. You don't just want to be the offense that sits back and hit the home runs. You don't want to just be the offense that just gets on base and just, you know, has just draws or walks. So just a combination of, of different things, a righty lefty mix, um, some veteran guys, some younger guys in the lineup. And I know Jeff Temko and Nick Jones and uh, Nate Jones and some of those veteran guys, Christian Balt will get back rolling and get a little bit going, but that just shows you what we're capable of. I think, I think that's what you can, you can see with the guys. Um, whenever you play a game and whenever you go through a season, everything, it's really important just to, to be able to play through it. And that way they can kind of see and understand how that game has evolved and how you can, you know, what it takes to win. And that's something that um, we talked about last year, how we were so close, but good teams find a way to win. You know, that's what it comes down to. Good teams find a way to win. Sometimes you have to win a little bit better on the mountain. Sometimes you have to get a little bit more gritty at the plate. 
maybe put up the offensive firepower. So I'm just happy to see our guys compete. And I think that's one thing you saw is, you know, win, lose, or draw, let's just go out there and compete our tail off. And then we can build off that. And that's what our guys did. Your squad back on the road this weekend. They will head to Louisville, Kentucky to take on a new Division One team at Bellarmine, who's just making the transition up. The uh, Knights have, have been on a bit of a pause the last week or so. So they have a chance for a tune-up before they get to face your team coming up this weekend. Kind of uh, a quick scouting report on what people can expect heading in uh, to face Bellarmine this week. Yeah, well, Bellarmine's a good program. Larry Owens has been there a while now, um, former professional baseball player. Um, making that transition to Division II school to Division I school, we're not going to take them lightly. You know, it's a very good program. It's a successful program. And look what they were able to do against Louisville the uh, opening weekend. They competed their tail off, and they, um, they played really well. They're going to pitch it well. They're going to swing it well. Um, so it's going to be a team that's going to be excited. They almost have nothing to lose. Because this year, transitioning from Division Two to Division One, they can't play in the postseason, so they're just going to be excited to be out there. Uh, but it's going to be a talented team. You know, if you look at their numbers offensively, it's a team that can swing it. They got a couple guys in the lineup that have 15, 16, 17 home runs in years past, and um, their opening day starter, their Friday starter, their lefty, um, looks to be a pretty good arm. He kept he kept Louisville in check, and Louisville's a pretty good offensive team and one of the top teams in the country. All right, Coach, I've got to ask you because, you know, one of my favorite things about EMU baseball is when Eric Roof gets fired up enough to come out of the dugout and do a little arguing. And you did it twice this weekend. And kudos, by the way, to our friends at Alabama State because they had an excellent live stream. So don't try to deny it. We saw you live in action. But I've got to ask you, two things that made the argument tough for me to watch is the mask that you had to have on and you're six feet away from the umpire. What's it like arguing with an umpire from six feet away? It's got to feel a little less, uh, I don't know, just a, a little less intense when you when you can't get right up in his grill. No doubt. Well, the first thing I actually thought about when I went out there is I said, hey, Alex Jewell is not in our dugout. So if I get thrown out, we got nobody to replace me. Alex is not here. Um, it is a little funky. You know, when you're playing on the road, you know, sometimes you got to you got to go out there and support the troops a little bit. You got to go out there and support your guys a little bit. Sometimes the rules can get interpreted a little bit differently the further you get away from campus. Um, so you want to make sure that those rules stay in check. But um, I loved how our guys competed. They competed. But when you go out there and you you argue, yeah, you got the mask on. So you, you, you don't know if you can hear you. Um, then you have to stay further away. Even the home plate meeting before the game, you're a little bit further away and you, you're still trying to figure out, hey, can I give them a fist bump? Can I give them an elbow bump? Um, what's the proper, you know, courtesy and, and, and protocol with it. And even after the game, after the game, you usually shake hands with the coaches, the other teams shake hands with each other. But, you know, this year with COVID wise, it's a little bit different. So it was good to see our guys fight because again, when you're a mid-major, you're going on the road, you got a lot of things going against you, but you just got to keep on playing. You got to keep on playing and let the game, you know, sort itself out. And I think that's what you saw this weekend. Eric, appreciate your time as you get ready this week for Bellarmine and then your trip to Starkville to take on Scott Weatherby's former club. I'm sure he'll give you plenty of tips on the stadium that he helped to put together and make sure that everything's in the right place. But uh, we look forward to, to catching up with you on our first baseball broadcast of the year, which will be coming up when your team finally heads home to take on the Red Hawks as we approach Easter. So about a little over a month from now. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. And yeah, we're looking forward to Bellerin and then we'll get fired up for uh, Mississippi State. I know Scott's Scott's been talking about that trip for a while now. We actually has been in the works for probably three plus years. So, you know, with the whole COVID pandemic and everything, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get it in. 
Um, so it's good that we're able to move forward with that. And um, I know our guys are fired up about both trips. There he is, head coach Eric Roof. Alex and I take a quick timeout as the Eastern Insider Podcast rolls on for another week. That's it for this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thanks for listening. For Greg Steiner, I'm Alex Jewell, reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.